Welcome to Chim Talk, the podcast about the DC animated universe co-created by Bruce Chim. I'm Chris Lord. I'm Cameron Dexter. And this week we have our first special guest, who uh, Johnny Briantes, who also has a great podcast called The No Show Podcast. And Cameron and I were just on that recently talking about Batman, yeah. of course. If you so, guys aren't tired of us talking about Batman yet, you can definitely go and listen to more of it. Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Thank you for having us on there. Oh, that, was, no. that was great. So, I, was, I, I love, uh, when I was a kid, I really loved... Um, when crossovers happened, right. like if there was the dinosaurs in Family Matters world, you know what I mean? Just like, did just, that actually happen? It should have. It probably did at some point. You know, like Carl Winslow and the dad. Oh man, that would have been like it's it's basically that Whoopi Goldberg movie, right? Oh, uh, we're something Rex. Oh, I was thinking of We're Back, which is the animated oh, which one. Oh, full animated, yeah. Yeah, totally different thing. I'm just thinking it took four lines for us to get off topic. I know. It doesn't take long. It never takes long. <laughs> That's Johnny's magic. Yeah, we're lots of tangents in this. But this week, we're talking about Heart of Ice. So we're just doing a whole episode on Heart of Ice because it's, mm-hmm. it's a big episode. It's one of the most important, I'd say, in the whole series. Absolutely. Oh, hands down. Yeah. And it's, I mean, we all just rewatch it. It's absolutely fantastic. Uh, so just kind of real quick. A little bit of background on Mr. Freeze. Uh, So he originally appeared in Batman number 121 in 1956, but he was Mr. Zero, not Mr. Freeze. And he was kind of one of the joke villains. Like, this is something that's been reiterated a lot by, like, Bruce Timm and uh, Paul Dini as they were talking about Heart of Ice, that he was a joke, that no one would take him seriously. And he was just some rogue scientist whose ice gun backfires and spills cryo shit all over him, and he mm-hmm. becomes Mr. Zero. Uh, he became Mr. Freeze in the 60s TV show when he was played by, I had to write this down, George Sanders, Otto Perminger, and Eli Wallach. Eli Wallach! Yeah. What, wait, what's Eli Wallach most famous for? I, I know um, that name, but I can't. He's, he's known mainly for his westerns. He did uh, The Good, Bad, and the Ugly. Oh, he was the ugly okay. of The Good, Bad, and the oh, Ugly. Oh, okay. That's right. I'd, for some reason, Westworld is coming to mind, and that's that's Yul Brenner. Yul Brenner. Yeah, it's um, Westworld just came back. I know. Yeah, I also, haven't watched it yet. I'm really excited here's, about it. Here's the thing. Um, Westworld, sorry. <laughs> uh, Westworld, funny thing, what actually had all those guys in it, um, but Westworld, Yul Brenner was in it. He was wearing his costume that he kept from the set of... Uh, Westworld. I'm sorry. Hmm. Magnificent Seven. Yul Brenner, oh. Yul Brenner was okay. in Magnificent was like, Seven. He used his costume from Westworld in Magnificent. Or oh, okay. he used his costume from Magnificent Seven in Westworld. In Westworld. Okay, cool. Okay. Yeah, so um, but after Mr. Free was, was played by Eli Wallach in the 60s TV show, uh, he basically stayed the same until Heart of Ice. And Paul Denny and Bruce Tim were trying to figure out where to go with this character, how to make him less of a joke. And then, missed, and then uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger came and oh god, and, just, and totally, joke. totally did. And it. then Dad uh, punned the shit out of him. Yeah. Oh god. I guess we'll talk a little bit about that at some point. The the uh, freeze puns. I I actually counted and wrote down every freeze pun in this episode. There's still a few. It's they're not as cringeworthy. I did I did uh, a draw a bunch of doodles of Mr. Freeze in my notes, <laughs> and then I had one page where I drew a Schwarzenegger one, and I was like, no, I'm tearing him out. He's not. <laughs> He's he's quite terrible. Uh, so when they were going to do this episode, they were basically like, okay, how do we make him more than just a joke? And they took this character who has no emotions. Like, well, someone doesn't have no emotions. That means they're just shutting it off. And so what triggered him closing off all his emotions, that's what they came up with the idea of the long-lost wife, mm-hmm. which is now his most famous trait, I'd say. Right. Um, up until the New 52, which I guess we can talk about at the end because I think they changed it around quite a bit. 
So Cameron, start us off. What uh, what happens in the beginning of Heart of Ice? Well, what I thought was really cool with this kind of going even before the episode starts is the um this is the first animated title card we have. I noticed that too. Mm-hmm. That's so it, awesome. It, it was was it was it the snow coming down? Yeah, the snowflakes yeah. coming yeah. down, which uh, does a scene transition into the snow inside the snow globe. Yeah, what I can't remember is from this point on. Are they animated or are they still? I think most of them are still, right? Even for the rest of the series? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll find out. There might be a lot. time. So we, we, we see a ballerina inside a snow globe, and you hear voiceover of Mr. Freeze talking about how he's going to get his revenge. Mm-hmm. He uh, brings the old Klingon proverb up. He does. There's, there's a couple references to, there, at least I have one more reference to, to Star Trek in here. Really? Which I really enjoyed, yeah. Oh, I'm excited. because comes, It comes later. Okay, I didn't notice that, so I'm excited about that. Um, so he's talking about getting his revenge. Mm-hmm. Then it jumps to... What does it jump to after that? It's a he's, news feed. Oh. What's the yeah. name of that news reporter? Summer Gleason. Mm-hmm. Summer Gleason. Talking about how it's... I, I didn't notice this till the, the second time watching, where she mentions it's the hottest August. Because this whole time I thought it was actually winter. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's the hottest August... Um, of record in Gotham. And then there's another reporter who gets hit by a snowball. I enjoyed that. Oh, of course. And the, um, I think it's, isn't it a reporter or is it a cop? And he's like, hey, oh, get, get out of yeah, here. Yeah, so we, on the news feed, Summer's talking about hottest summer in history. Mm-hmm. But all these cold related crimes are happening at Gothcorp. And it jumps to the Bat Cave after that. Yeah, I remember I have a, like a note here about how a f- how efficient they are at doing really quick setups with mm-hmm. these episodes. And a lot of them are done through like a newsfeed. It's usually some release and saying something like, Oh, here's the crimes that are happening. Here's like the motif in this case. It's, I think she mentions a freezing gun or that like a freezing gun is being used. And we also get a brief introduction to, I think she just says cold related crimes. Maybe I have a note here, freeze gun, but we all know my, oh, notes. Yeah, yeah. my freezing no- gun. Cause I thought that was a weird way of phrasing it. Okay. Yeah. I would just assume my notes were untrustworthy as usual. Um, <laughs> But we also get a brief introduction to Ferris Boyle, and it's mm-hmm. it just amazes me, like, so many of these episodes, how quickly they set up the whole conflict really fast. Especially with a rando, either philanthropist or a random mobster, like Rupert Thorne, and not like the, um, I want to say Corleone, but like... Uh, but oh, Carmen like Falcone? Falcone, yeah. or any of those. It's It's always just a random other character mm-hmm. you know and they do it super super fast well you know what upset me about this character hmm. was how long it took me to realize that, his, that was? It was, no i knew it was mark hamill yeah uh how long it took me to realize that it's his name is it's boil and freeze yeah it i i didn't get that until like driving shut over the here. hell up i just figured you what yeah <laughs> god <laughs> Damn it! They they got those subtle, uh, those subtle name puns. We yeah, got poison ivy and thorn, and now we got boil and freeze. Oh my! At least uh, it, at least it's subtle. Yeah. So we'll give them more credit than Batman and Robin. I thought of I thought of like festering boil, like it's like it's a festering like yeah. spot on the face of Gotham or something. Jeez. Yeah. It. Uh, I did. You guys find it almost a little bit distracting though that it was Mark Hamill because he's not. 
he's still distinctly Mark Hamill. Like he's not the same as the Joker, but it's close-ish. Like I there are do moments. And, I do and I don't. I ha- I have to empathize with non-nerds or non-comic book people. Why would who, you ever do that? Well, because we're all people. You don't man. know our audience, Johnny. We're all people, yeah. and we're all uh, not so, judgy. Like yeah. uh, our parents, like it's yeah. our audience. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah, our parents, or or <laughs> you know uh, the kids that will probably listen to this podcast when you guys have kids and be like, who, what, Mark Hamill. Hopefully, your kids will be like, oh, Luke Skywalker, yada yada. Yeah, because I am he'll gonna be, make my kids listen to my old podcast. I mean, my my son's name is going to be Luke Skywalker Brown. That's <laughs> oh yeah, of course. Yeah, so they're gonna you know, know that last name just like zings off everything. I was saying so, uh, saying that too about uh, our um, engineer over here, man. Sometimes you just have names that zing. Mine mine doesn't. It just doesn't. Brown's one of the good ones. Just throwing it out there. <laughs> uh, but to to um to empathize with them, Mark Hamill. Not that if you didn't know him, but he does he does such a good job as a voice actor that essentially what he can do is just like with an inflection of the Joker, you know, he can like really do it. Like John DiMaggio, Maurice LaMarche, they can all do variations of different things. Like Maurice LaMarche, I didn't know, did the voice of uh, Mr. Freeze in Arkham. Yep. And I was like, what? what? I totally forgot about that. Yeah, I'd forgotten that too, actually. Uh, and I did find it interesting that... Mark Hamill actually came to the production for this episode first. They reached out to him first mm-hmm. to do Ferris Boyle, and he's like, oh, do you have any other villains that you haven't cast yet? And they said, no, we pretty much cast everyone. He's like, well, what about the Joker? Like, no, we haven't cast. And he told them, hey, if something changes, come to me. I would love to do yeah, this. Yeah. And so when they went to go recast it, they actually reached out to him. So it's weird because we're 14 episodes in, but this is actually Mark Hamill's entry point. He was Ferris mm-hmm. Boyle before he was the Joker. Yeah, because this was the third shown episode. It was, yeah, but I, it's, so now I'm, like, totally lost on, like, their production order, because even in the commentary for this episode, they refer to it as episode 14, it's, like, listed officially as episode 14, but it was the third one to air, so it's, like, clearly there's a production order, like, official production order, a release order, and then some other weird, like, actual yeah. Air, yeah. This, this, order. This episode yada, yada. even references uh, two previous episodes. It does? Yeah, in the, we'll, we'll get to it. Okay. So we're in the, we're in the Batcave. Yeah. Batman is is scrolling through using his super sci-fi computer. Mm-hmm. The um, only one in Gotham. The only computer in Gotham. And he has uh, these wireframes of the devices stolen from Gothcorp. And so he he knows what Freeze is trying to create. And he knows the last component is this last warehouse. So he goes to meet Mr. Freeze or kind of catch Mr. Freeze at this warehouse where they have their first kind of face off. Yeah, I just have to say two things. One, I love that the cutaways of him pressing pressing the buttons is just like button, button, switch, and then it all just animates together. Yeah. God bless the 90s and the simplification of like, this is what computers are. And yeah. then uh, like Alfred comes up. I think this is the point in which Alfred comes up. I don't know if it's when he, they go back, but like Alfred comes up in an escalator. That's later. Yeah. I have it written down. Escalator and Batcave. He yep. does, yeah. I noticed that on a second viewing too. I'm like, wait, mm-hmm. where the fuck did that come from? Who installed that shit? Uh, but yeah, that's well, later. I think the answer is Alfred, right? Didn't he have to put all the stuff in the Batcave? I mean, yeah. shit. Because they can't have contractors. Yeah, you can't just have normal there. contractors come in there. So they're just, you know, Alfred really, <laughs> like, he can do everything, but the poor guy. Or like, they get contracts and then like Bruce Wayne sends money to the family of the contractor. He'd be like, um, so we're done with this. Uh, this uh, escalator. Uh, what do you think? And he's like, yeah. And he just shoves him down a cavern. <laughs> oh, you know, you know what? Who the who the uh, the contractors were? Yeah, 
It was the Graysons and the Drakes. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. He feels he's like. There's just, there's just a pit at the bottom of the bat cave filled with dead Robin parents. Yep. <laughs> and they're all like, where, they're all just skeletons with contractor clothes on them. Oh. oh no wonder all the Robins hate Batman so much. Yep. <laughs> but you're also saying that like they go to, to go to meet up Freeze. Uh, that car chase, good God, that car chase was rad. Like yeah. it has the, the typical Batmobile driving and then the rope to like try to hold on to a pole and then like make that turn thing but oh yeah just ice. like in uh the tim burton movie yeah, 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 like yeah. It goes out of control he shoots the cable off to yeah. uh, to slow down yeah it's, and, the, and the batmobile looks so glorious too like it's in dark blues like oh my god i'm just saying it's a good car chase it is, it is a good car chase and then they uh yeah so freeze busts into the warehouse and starts loading up canisters and then there's a fight because there's always a fight but the best thing about this fight is is how it ends i gotta say with uh him covering himself with the cape and getting frozen over or that the, or and the, the three freeze puns that were in this scene oh oh cameron what okay. were the let's oh, hear those gosh, puns. Were, oh my gosh I, I had all just in one one grouping i I think the worst one and also my favorite one is uh batman beats up the first goon points at mr freeze and says freeze oh yeah and he steps out of the shadow and that's mr freeze that's oh, freeze yeah. oh yes yeah. or i want to hear that in schwarzenegger's voice I, i've always wondered about mr freeze so he's a doctor Mm-hmm. What doctor is going to demote himself like that? Like, if you're a doctor, you always introduce yourself. You as say doctor. Dr. You always Freeze. say, yeah. So why why did he go back to Mister? I think there's a. I'm okay. Psychologically, I think there might be a level of two face going on. To not two. Well, no, yeah. Schizophrenic. Uh, I think there might be. Uh, if I was a psychologist, a disassociated. Uh, I don't know. It's just I think there might be a level of where he goes. Um, when he has the transformation and this thing ails him in such a way that he goes, well, I'm no longer like, I don't, maybe it might be just like a psych, not a psychological, but like, um, God, uh, just an ego thing where he's just like, I'm not a doctor. I'm disgraced. I can't call myself a doctor anymore. I'm not even, he, so, uh, to a certain degree, he might not even feel human anymore. You know, he might be like, ah, well, I'm just. Yeah, he sees himself as just this emotionless husk. Yeah, that is out for vengeance. His whole this his is whole thing a is a personal vendetta. vendetta. Yes. Oh yeah. wow, those are real answers. Like I was just setting that up as a bit, but uh, <laughs> well, well, well done, guys. <laughs> Sorry. It's a, no, it was good. It's a real, uh, real insight into the character. Yeah, he reminds me a lot of. Um, obviously, this came out much later, but I think. Um, the character V from V for Vendetta. I, I oh, see a lot of connection okay, yeah. between the two. I think it's just the V's. The, v- <laughs> the Vendetta. When yeah. he says Vendetta, you know, you're like, oh, hey, well. Yeah. yeah. What, what I, remember. What I did think was interesting is uh, in this fight, obviously, there's a shitload of puns. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Freeze even makes a comment like, to Batman. It's like, oh, since you align yourself with my enemies, you leave me no choice but to fight you. Right. Where even right now, they're still trying to lay the groundwork of the fact that he is not necessarily reluctant, but at least a sympathetic villain. That he he has an agenda and he... He kind of cares, kind of doesn't care about collateral damage. Dude just has, like, really extreme PTSD. Yeah, basically. You know? Well, that's a, it's a point that we mentioned in the very first episode. We said that the best episodes, it's not villain doing things to hurt Batman, which we've kind of seen in the in the Pitfall episodes. It's kind of been based around that. But it's villain has story. They're trying to follow through with story. And then Batman just kind, kind of, like, puts a wrench in it. Yeah, I... Rewatched the episode listening to the commentary 
mm-hmm. from Tim and Paul Dini mm-hmm. and Radomski. And they were saying that this became the template by which they did a lot of the other villains, where the villain has something against a third party that has nothing to do with Batman. And Batman's mm-hmm. kind of just interfering in their their schemes. And we see not the exact same origin, but a similar style origin for the Riddler later on in the show. If you're so... Smart, why aren't you the richest man I ever? Yeah, I really love those episodes. I love the Riddler episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll get to those when we get to those. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they have the fight. Batman's jumping around. Mr. Freeze freezes one of his one of his goons named Johnny. Sorry, Johnny. Hey, well, you, uh, can't, you can't leave Johnny. Um, is his name Johnny? It is. Yes, it is. Uh, I, was I, like, didn't, I didn't even notice that. Yeah. I had uh, a paps in my hand. I was like, one for Johnny. <laughs> Got to pour one out for the Johnnies. And then Mr. Freeze freezes Batman. He shrouds himself in his impenetrable cape. His warm cape of warmness. Yeah. yeah. I know it's fire. What is it? Fire duck resistant. Resistant. That's yeah. what, that word. Yeah. I, I didn't wonder, know it was also like kind of cold resistant. I don't know if it's like this in the comics, but I wonder if he goes to, because in my brain, the suit is always in like the big giant like case or whatever. But what if he has a whole bunch? What if he has a whole bunch of different bat suits, which I'm sure they did in the Silver Age, where it's like this bat suit does this and that bat suit does that and Lego does that too. Mm-hmm. But like, I wonder if they all just look the same and there's like a tiny little tag that just says this one will keep you warm. This one is a hang glider. It's like it's like in video games where like if you yeah. if it in alternate RPG, skins. yeah, yeah, yeah. And not, not, yeah, yeah, role playing game where it's yeah. just like the same item and just like a little, like one, like this one's plus three strength instead of plus two strength. So this was his plus five strength. This was his plus, plus five ice warm. This was his warmth one. Yeah. Yeah. It's fleece on the we inside. We all know that Batman's just one big D&D nerd. I uh, mean, there is evidence in a, in a very gray episode yeah. of how nerdy this guy really is. Um, so Batman saves Johnny brings him back to the back cave blindfolds him which is very finally like because this is the second person he's brought back to the back cave first one was just a kid that got to run around fucking not fun. just the back cave but also bruce like the mansion also yeah uh wayne manor yeah i'm uh, sure bruce offered the same sort of hospitality to this random henchman too you know took him upstairs gave him a spare room mm-hmm. had alfred cook him a meal Alfred tried to bathe him. Yeah. Hey, my whole imagine. Yeah. Alfred enjoyed just, it. My thing is that it's like Les Mis where he's just trying to steal the silverware and shit. He's like, holy shit, this place is great. And then he just and then he comes back and then there's a Monsignor who's like, oh, um, that's just my concept <laughs> of, of like being kind to criminals. Yeah. So what I think is great about this episode is not only Batman has a villain, but Bruce has a villain because Bruce is trying oh, to fight Boyle right. at the same time as trying to fight Mr. Freeze. Yeah. So the next, so he's in. Oh, real quick though, we, we need Sorry. to uh, point out that when Bruce gets back from fighting Freeze, that he's developed a cold. He's got a bit of a oh yeah yes. sniffle, which mm-hmm. going on. Which, by the way, one might say a Captain Cold. Oh hey hey, God damn it! I was I was trying <laughs> to find a way. I'm, I'm I was I wanted to mention him. He's uh, the funny thing is, is that I noticed that he sneezes in his cowl, and I'm like, ugh, how gross! Like. If you look at Oh the, yeah, because I guess it would cover his nose. Because right? it covers every single bat costume or bat cowl I've ever like put on my face. Cover like it goes from the tip of your nose to the top of your lip. So it covers yeah. up. It's always weird to to wear a bat cowl, but like if you're <sighs> sneezing in it, just like how gross is it underneath? It's just like, hold on. I can imagine, like, I mean, they're not gonna animate this, but he has to like yank the nose off a little bit, blow his nose. So mm. gross. No, that's what Alfred has to do. Yeah, exactly. Come here, sir. It's like your grandmother, which like, okay, and blow your nose, you know? Yeah. He's got a special tool in the belt just to go over the nose, sneeze, mm. <laughs> discard. 
Well, no, he makes a point that there is no tissue compartment. Oh, that's true. Um, of got, all of the of all of the gadgets in that belt, you the, can't find room for tissues. He just uses two, the end of his cape. <laughs> two yeah. things that fat belt could use: uh, tissues and some fucking locks, so his villains can stop taking his belt away from him. Right. So we we continue with Bruce, uh, Batman back in, as Bruce mm-hmm. has a meeting with uh, Boyle, and uh, Boyle has just won Humanitarian of the Year, which oh. is very. Uh, wrongfully given yeah well because doesn't two things happen in the bat cave at this time at this point in which he oh no no, does he get the knockout guess we get the chicken soup yeah uh yeah later that is that later or is it no yeah it's later oh yeah yeah because he yeah yeah, because he goes to to boils Mm -hmm. that boils basically just proving what a total douchebag he is that he doesn't care about his employees and i was like what is like as soon as like the wage slaves start to complain you got to put them in their place Mm -hmm. and right at that moment his secretary comes in it's like oh you know here's your speech for your humanitarian of the ward acceptance yeah so he has a gala the next day what does he say what's that line he's like oh i'm 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 suddenly feeling very sick oh bruce Yeah. Yeah. yeah is there a name I was trying to figure this out because, like, so at that moment, Bruce is basically making a joke that only us as an audience really mm-hmm. gets. Is there a specific name for that kind of joke? It was really bothering me because, like, it's not quite a meta joke. It's kind of fourth wall breaking. but It's like a wing to the audience. Yeah, like, I was like, I feel like there should be an actual term for that. I just ca- didn't know how to figure out what it was. I was I'm, hoping maybe yeah. you guys would know. I'm sure I'm is. not a good enough writer to know the terminology for what that what is. Use are you? Okay. <laughs> um, but during this conversation, so Bruce is talking to Boyle about all these break-ins because Boyle runs um, uh, Goth Corp. Goth Corp. Thank you. Um, and it's a another great stuff. company. Yes. Oh, that's right. That's Goth, a slogan. Yeah, Goth Corp, a people's, people's company. company. And so we get to see again. Uh, Paul Dini is great at showing Bruce. Not only as the playboy, but also as as a detective. So he is getting all the information he can that you know Batman might not be able to get by himself, right? Because he's asking Ferris like, "Oh, hey, like there's all these things going on, these break-ins. Do anything about it?" And I think it's like shareholders or like an ex-employee. Yeah, and, and Boyle alludes like, "Oh, yeah, there was this one guy who got really pissed off, but you know he's dead, so we don't have to worry about it. So we don't, we don't, we just get an idea that there's someone out there, and we can assume it's Freeze. But we don't know any details yet mm-hmm. what happens." That Ferris should run for president. He sounds like quite a guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he would do fine. Uh, so then after that, we're at Freeze's hideout, right? Uh, I think we're at the Batcave. Uh, no, I think there's a brief scene where they're at the hideout and they're like loading stuff up onto the getting truck. Getting ready? Yeah, and I don't know, because all I have in my notes here are Freeze's hideout and then uh, why does the whole place need to be cold if Freeze is still in a suit? Because all the guys are wearing like their parkas. Parka. Oh. And, and also at a certain point, when does he start buying his people parka after he just was just like, leave him, fuck him, you know what I mean? Like, But he's just like, well, I need you to load stuff. And maybe it's the, the materials that need to stay in cold. It could be. And then he's just like... Here, let me give you a parka. Load this thing. I can't. I can't stop. I can't keep on losing henchmen. I, I like your theory that this is him like offering the carrot when he's been using the stick on his henchmen. Like, yeah. okay, you know, I'll leave you behind, but I'll, I'll buy you a nice down jacket. Well, it's who like, is there? Was uh, I'm going to bring up another comedian this week? Uh, there was a there was someone who made a joke about the bat, the Batman henchmen and like how they choose who they're going to go work for. I don't think I've heard this one. It's um, I, I'll we'll, we'll post it on on Tim Talk. Uh, social media stuff. Okay. Um, so uh, we're at or we're at the Batcave. Yeah. Um, he's preparing himself to go to this gala. Mm-hmm. Um, that where Boyle's going to get his award. 
Uh, and then he gets the the chicken soup, the only thing that can fight a cold. What is this, knockout gas? It's just like, oh, come, yeah. on. come yeah. on, Batman, take it easy with all the weapons. I, you've been hit with knockout gas like in half of the episodes that we've yeah. watched so far. You know what it looks like. It doesn't look like a thermos that says, you know, Rubbermaid on it. Okay. So then we jump to the gala. Mm-hmm. We see Bruce in yet another disguise. Does this one have a name? No, no, no disguise. It's just, uh, yeah, he's, he's got just the, a security, a blonde security, security officer. Yeah. I love the fuck. I love this shit. Like, are you guys counting uh, all of the costumes that he's wearing, all the disguises that he has? We haven't counted them, but we've, we've, we've well, there's three. Yeah, we've acknowledged them when they happen. Yeah, there's Gaff Morgan, and then there was the, the drunk from It's Never Too Late, mm-hmm. and now this. Can you please guard. keep account of how many different, like, yeah, we can. Cause yeah. We, we, we talked about in the, the Forgotten that he has a closet just filled with costumes <laughs> yeah. and that he actually has like whole personas and name tags yeah. written along them i wonder if like thomas wayne was just like took him to like some like field trippy kind of thing where it's like i'm the master of disguise and bruce as a kid is just like i want to dress up and play you know you like i'm saying to... batman's a D fan just cosplay dude yeah, he was a cosplay true. as a kid you know yeah. um but uh can i also say something about the security card is that when he's like hey take a break whatever you know he like he's, he has a whole voice and everything the uh the guy that he's uh, bumping out of the job, he's just so jauntily walking like away from his job. Oh, he's excited. Like, he gets thank to go, God he gets to go to the to party and right yeah, now. like yeah. basically drink on the job. He's super excited. I gotta get out of here, you know. Oh, that sorry, that rolling back a second. Um that's where the it does the flashback to the past two episodes. Uh so Boyle mentions there was an ex employee who died on mm-hmm. uh, an explosion. Batman is shifting through news headlines. And I pause to to check these, and it's uh, he goes through two, and then it's the third one is talking about Victor Freeze's death. Okay, and the first one is a headline about the fundraiser for Gotham University. Oh, from Never Fear. And the second one is about the is about the groundbreaking for the mental hospital. The oh, the prison. Pen, yeah, the penitentiary. Oh, is it, from, is it Blackgate or is it? Um, I, I don't remember. It's from Pretty Poison, but I don't yeah. remember what the name of the actual prison was we didn't then we still don't now we'll we'll find the answer someday yeah uh um, maybe yeah so i think that oh, i thought that cool. was really I didn't, know, I didn't notice that i specifically awesome. went back and paused just to see those two and it yeah. was i was not disappointed see, man, they're very clever these guys get the little mm-hmm. the little jokes in there uh yeah so bruce is at goth corp he goes into the files and again, another brilliant piece of just purely visual storytelling. Top secret. Yeah, he grabs a top secret file. The uh, the top photo is of Nora, who looks like the dancer from Freeze's snow globe thing at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second picture is Freeze and Nora getting married. The third one is a document saying that she has a terminal disease. Mm-hmm. And the last one is a picture of the cryotube. And so, like, just boom there. And four quick photos, five, you can't, the top secret cover, they've established all the connections. So one, one of the things I wanted to notice about that did a couple days ago, memory served me correct in uh, both Nora and, and Victor are holding hands, but like so far apart, like they're not holding each other close in that photo. I don't remember. Maybe. Yeah. Do you remember if they're, if they're holding each other close or like, I think they're holding hands, but like far apart from each other. That might be. So that, that, I mean, not to break it down, but like <laughs> what happened? Why aren't they like, I don't you know. know. I, I didn't I didn't notice that. Yeah. What I did notice is I never knew how they spelled freeze. Oh yeah. Fries. fries. Yeah. Fries. yeah. I had yeah. no idea. Well it's, uh, I'm not sure about my point. There was, I, don't, there, I don't know where I'm going with that. I there just was a, to point there out. Was, I didn't know how that that's how I was doing it. a little bit more research and I saw a 
uh, Adult Swim, uh, Robot Chicken, where all the Freeze characters come to one museum to steal the same uh, jewel or something. And it's got Captain Cold. It's got freaking Victor Freeze. It's got like everybody. I uh, suggest looking at that. Who's who are the the two from Young Justice? Uh, it's what Captain Cold, Icicle. Uh, Icicle, Icicle Jr. Yeah, Icicle, Icicle and Icicle Jr. Yeah. Trevor, do you know who the other Freeze villains are? Mr. Freeze for Batman and Robin. Uh, Cap Cold Icicle Flash. Jr. for Green Arrow and Speedy. Mm-hmm. Um, Killer Frost. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. we probably missed Killer Frost. Frost. Yeah. Man and Aqualad. Yeah, because it's Captain Cold for Wally and Barry. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you, Trevor. Yeah. This is why I love having another like DC aficionado in the room to answer these questions when we forget. It's yeah, fantastic. Spot on, spot yeah, on. <laughs> that's great. Um, so, so they go through the file, and then at the very bottom, there's a a wonderful VHS. Yes. And, okay. Uh, so the VHS is Victor. It's Victor Freeze. It starts off with his uh, documenting his work. Yes. About this cryo tube uh, will revolutionize medicine. It's going to save my wife who's terminally ill, uh, and apparently. He can afford like the best cameraman because like, did you did this, you know? Okay, because like, I was just gonna say many angles. Yes, and, like, yeah. I would say two things about that. One, you have an entire VHS in a file. She's like, that's so like ob- obtuse to put in a file cabinet. Well, Batman also somehow stashes it on his bat belt later on because he just pulls that out at the end of the episode. Right. I imagine. So. Okay, so like in production, I imagine that you would keep like your call sheet and all the stuff, and you fold it in the thirds, and then you kind of just put on. I've seen a lot of people just like kind of stick it underneath their belt so if batman's doing that he must have like some kind of attachment on the back because i don't know if it's this episode i think it might be this episode oh yeah it is with the thermos just like how you have something clunky on you how are you ninja-ing and batmaning mm-hmm. like all over the place yeah i think he's got a mary poppins bat belt is what's going on here. yeah exactly that's what it is there's a whole sofa in there yeah yeah but yeah so on the vhs yeah, I I know we're going with this. Yeah, the, uh, all the different angles, right? Yeah, but but it's it's the very tragic story of mm-hmm. um, Freeze is trying to heal his wife, and um, Boyle comes in with security. You find out that Freeze has been doing this kind of without the company knowing, and he's apparently spent three million dollars in two weeks, which that's kind of impressive. That's an impressive burn right there. Um, Would you say that like Ferris Boyle needs to chill out? No, Arnold Arnold Schwarzenegger. I think would he say needs that, to just learn but, uh, to keep his cool. Talk about a real cold case, huh? Uh, you know, normally I'm really good at coming up with puns, and I just can't right now. I'm actually, I'm, I'm, I'm making that groaning sound because I can't contribute. What? Uh, it, makes me, it makes me sad. What's his favorite part of the cake? The rusting. Oh, I thought you were gonna say the icing. Oh, there you oh, go. Okay. Oh, it works and it's way. back. That one, you know. Um, um, but yeah. Uh, so on the commentary, this is something that Bruce Tim was talking about too. That they were like rushing through this episode, and so he was basically just like just approving things as they came in. And after it got into the edit phase, like, oh shit, like freeze has like, like how many cameras does he have set up in his own lab he's on like, a cctv yeah know? he's got like yeah. all these technicians and someone went to the great effort of like editing it very conveniently oh, yeah. for him. yeah what if they, what if there's a security guard who works at goth corp who's just like these stories need to be told like he's just like editing all the bad footage and shit that goes down at the people's company yeah he's just editing together all the criminal activities of his ceo just yeah. not telling anyone about it also, that camera editor would, or the uh, the cameraman would have died in the explosion as well. Yeah. You don't see him get That's away. That's true, actually. Yeah, yeah. He, this guy's this editor is basically like the Cole Reese from Dark Knight, where he's just like he's gonna hold like Gotham Corp up. Oh, right? yeah. So, yeah. So Batman watches it. 
Oh, yeah, no, you didn't get a chance to finish talking about the video, yeah. Oh, so, so uh, yeah, Boyle comes in with goons. They're like, we're going to shut it down. Like, you, if you turn it off, you'll kill my wife. Mm-hmm. Like, well, you shouldn't have put her in it. And, not wrong. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. $3 million. Dollars. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you guys are sympathetic towards Boyle, right? That's what was the point of this whole thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay, cool. Um, yeah. And as uh, the security guards kind of charge towards the machine, Mr. Freeze, or Dr. Freeze at this point, casually just steals the gun from the security guard, points it at Boyle. And Boyle's monster. like, all right, let's calm down. Does he, does he calm like, down. monster? Uh, no, he just, like, he just starts kind of yelling at him. Like, no. yeah, I, I, this is, like, this is one of those characters where, like, his wife is his only connection. And, to the world. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. Uh, even after her supposed death, like, that's still his only connection to reality mm-hmm. um isn't isn't it that like a little bit of the backstory from like one of the comics is that when he was a kid he would freeze things to sort of keep them alive like if you liked a butterfly or something pretty he like he like froze them to keep them instead of like a kid keeping a scrapbook he just yeah i think so that's one of the, the bits of background that i read about him yeah which is really, weird yeah really dark and bizarre um so as he has the gun pointed towards boyle boyle's trying to calm him down and when he drops the gun for a second, Boyle kicks him in the chest, falls in all the chemicals, explosion. Mr. Freeze is born, mm-hmm. and he believes Nora is dead. It's yeah. a lot of trauma, baby. Yeah, And Boyle believes the Freeze is dead, yeah. right? Yeah, he thinks nothing could have survived that explosion. Did he just, like, never go back to that lab or wonder well, what happened? Did he see the body? What happened to the body? Yeah. So, so coming up next, uh, like, Batman reacts. Mr. Freeze is behind him, yeah. uh, goes black, and he wakes up inside... What we assume is Freeze's like lair. lair. When Batman escapes and he comes out, he's at the building. So I think yeah. his lair is is still that I, room. I, I noticed that too. Yeah, because so he he goes into the he wakes up in the cave and what is clearly a reference to Empire Strikes Back is like frozen to the ceiling, hanging up there. I don't think Freeze says too much other than like. I'm gonna go freeze this asshole. I think he has another pun. Hold on. Right, I'm gonna go down. freeze this asshole. Um, I'm glad you've yeah. <laughs> glad you kept track of the puns. Um. Mr. Freeze is the ultimate dad on a vacation. All who stand yeah. in my way feel the icy touch of death. I think that's later. Okay. But we're just going to drop that one in right now. Okay, yeah. And so, uh, but you're right. So they, Freeze drives his, his massive freezing cannon over to the front of Goth Corp and turns it on and starts freezing the street. And you're absolutely right. Like, Batman pops out of the, the lair. So I guess he just but, drives around the corner. Yeah, it must be around the block because, like, the street, the alley where Batman pops into freezes over yeah that thing can only react so fast so it's he's got to be within a block yeah one of my favorite things is the part it'd be better to be a block away so you're not like at the site you know what i mean but you'd think is that a genius place to have your hideout or is it the worst place ever to have your hideout? The best like, was uh, what's that phrase? Or is like the best hiding places in plain sight? I guess so. You know? Yeah. But when he drops off, uh, one of my favorite things is when he drops off the car. Doesn't oh, he okay. like talk to the valet? No, the valet's like asked for the keys. Yeah, and he's like, and oh, yeah. just stares at him, and the valet runs. Away. Can I park this here? Yeah, just. Um, no. Oh, but what I did appreciate <laughs> with, <clears throat> with the goons at this point is they have the the Captain Cold jackets on. They do, yeah. I, I the, that was yeah, nice well, freeze was nice enough to buy them some some comfy jackets. Uh, so yeah, the giant freeze cannon goes off. Batman shows up, fighting ensues. He gets finally him. he doesn't get attacked by the person standing directly behind him. Yep. After fourteen episodes, guys, he, Batman he finally learned. The, he yeah, he does the the. Behind he's putting the his back belt run. back on, and he does the thing that he did in eighty nine Batman, which when it happened the first time, I like literally as a kid cheered i was just like boom he did the thing i love it yeah it's it's pretty great so then 
uh, oh, Freeze has a cool moment where he like cracks open a fire hydrant and yes, fires his gun so into the, the spray the to coolest take him moment, up into the building. I think of the show so far. I oh, want to yeah. know if there were moments where Freeze was practicing that to be like, okay, the water must go at this angle in order for me to like, and him failing a bunch of times. Yeah, he did it very smoothly. That would take a little bit of work. Yeah. And then, uh, so he goes up in the building, another fight ensues. Uh, I feel like this is a great pun moment, so I'm just going to let you take it from here. Uh, well, he <laughs> says, like, I got well, it. He, he sees, he runs into Boyle, and he tells him, the cold eyes of vengeance are upon you. Yeah. Yeah, there the you go. The cold eyes of Nailed vengeance. It. I don't know why I made him a little Morgan Freeman-y. <laughs> was, um, what else well, so they, they, they're getting into a fight, and Freeze reveals that his suit also gives him strength, so he overwhelms Batman, mm-hmm. and he's holding them there. Oh, so sorry. Before that, really fast. So he starts. So he breaks into the gala party, um, starts to freeze Boyle. And we saw before that like he can freeze people instantly, but this one is a very slow. Oh yeah, torture. Like he has to see him. He has to in, see him in pain. Exactly. Yeah, being a real dick about it. So then, yeah, he, villain, villain it up, man. Yeah. So uh, Boyle is begging for his life, and he says, "In Where my nightmares, were these words, yeah, yeah, in my nightmares, I, I see your face in the same pain as my wife." Or something very this dark. Like, yeah. He says yeah. something like something very dark. Where were these words of mercy? Or no, he doesn't he say like please have mercy? And he's just like mercy was when my wife bada bada bada. Where were these words and shit like that? Yeah, I think bada yeah. bada bada is Mr. Freeze's famous yeah. slogan. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> um so then Batman shows up, tries to stop him. Uh, we learn that the suit doesn't only keep him at sub zero temperatures, but yeah, it also gives him triple the strength. Mm-hmm. And this is the other Star Trek reference, which is very, very minute. Mr. Freeze lifts up Batman, and Batman like punches the helmet once, and then does the the Shatner chop. Oh, on his, okay. On his neck. Okay, yeah. I was like, what Star Trek reference did I not get? And I guess yeah, he does kind of give him a little bit of a high yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that does a lot of work. But uh, how how does uh, Batman save the day, Cameron? What beautiful uh, thing does he use? He uses the the one and only device that Batman carries with him at all times. Pulls out the canister of chicken noodle soup and smashes it upon uh, oh. Mr. Freeze's helmet. And I guess because I was thinking about it, like Batman was like full force punching that thing and it wasn't breaking. So I guess it was the the Needed temperature, the extra heat. Yeah, it was just like the cause because glass you, like explodes it when it's cooled and or when it's heated and then cooled really quickly. Because you notice also that when they yeah. when they animate his dome, sometimes they'll have that layer of white. Oh, yeah, that, that was a cool thing I, I picked up on the commentary as well, that originally it was just supposed to be a, like an outline, and mm-hmm. I guess the animation studio went above and beyond, and they actually like airbrushed every single mm-hmm. frame to give it that frosted look, which is mm-hmm. really cool. Yeah. But yeah, I guess it's the, the heat and force of the thermos smashing the helmet. That That's what I break, just assumed, because the thermos breaks first. No, the thermos doesn't break, because I thought it did on second viewing, I realized it doesn't, but it cracks open and spills oh, the soup. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, that is some hot fucking soup. How did it stay so hot? What a great thermos. Yeah, Alfred's got some serious <laughs> kitchenware. Well, it was actually probably like a Wayne Tech engineered thermos for all of his soup related needs. What if it's okay? I'm still thinking about this thermos. What if it's the belt? Like the belt is horizontal, right? Uh, and then there's just a magnet alongside one of the belts. So it's like a fanny pack where it's just like on the back. Like here's the canister. Like here's the belt. My arm's a belt. And yeah. then here's the Yeah. And uh, it's just like that. There's a great visual presentation here going off this audio medium. But yeah, I get Yeah. Yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah. I, I don't 
I don't know. There's a mag- there's got to be a magnet or something. This Wayne Tech thermos. I like the idea that he's got some sort of like kangaroo pouch on his back, but yeah. that's that's probably not it. Yeah. Uh, so Freeze is defeated. Uh, it cuts to, or then we see that Batman has the tape from before, mm-hmm. so he doesn't just. Or no, Freeze has a line where he's like, "It has to be vengeance," you know, and Batman's like, "No, it has to be justice," and he pulls out the tape, gives it to Summer Gleason. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so both Boyle and Freeze are arrested. arrested, put in prison, and then it ends on a shot of Mr. Freeze. Similar to the shot we opened with, it ends with Mr. Freeze holding the the snow globe ballerina uh, and very deep, sad words. He's like, someplace, uh, I dream of the of the place where we're, what was it, where a warm hand is waiting for mine. Oh, yeah. It reminds me of that Patton Emmy speech, with it, which was really oh. great. He yeah, was so great. He's like, my, my daughter's waiting for me at home, and hopefully my wife is waiting for me somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah. so good. Um, yeah. No, it's a nice it's a nice little uh, way to, to end the episode, this like really touching moment. I guess when Paul Dini sat down to write this, he actually had that moment in mind first. Like mm-hmm. the, the, the most like emotionally provocative thing they could do was have Free sitting there by himself crying at the end, and they kind of work backwards from there and figure out what would get him into that mm-hmm. spot. And... To be fair, it paid off because this won an Emmy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 93 won an Emmy for Best Writing for Paul Dini. Uh, not his, I don't know if this is his first, but definitely not his last. I think he's got quite a few of them at this point. Uh, probably. But this is also the first team up of Bruce Tim directing. Yeah. And Paul Dini writing. And you see just the powerhouse they are together. Yeah. No, they're absolutely incredible. And um, it's a such a damn good episode and clearly like this became the default origin for freeze from this point they on. retconned it like pretty much after this right? yeah yeah the comics immediately went in retconned it and that's you know the origin he he had from that point on obviously it's this episode the resurgence of freeze is a popular villain obviously resulted in him being in batman and robin mm-hmm. which although there's so many things terrible about that movie and arnold schwarzenegger is just ridiculous in it in some ways, I mean, at least they did a faithful version of Freeze's story. Like, yeah. they made him sympathetic. He he was a villain with a purpose of sorts. He was still crazy. I don't know why Freeze in the city was supposed to help him achieve anything, but regardless. I don't know. It's the same reason that a scientist is also a bodybuilder. That's, yeah, it's that's just, absolutely true. You know, well, you know what, Dolph Lundgren, dude. Yeah, that's Dolph. true, yeah, because he has a, what is, he has a chemical engineering yeah, he's, PhD or he's something, got Dolph Lundgren. Yeah, clearly they should have just gotten Dolph instead. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, so that was Freeze's origin for a long time, and then I haven't really been reading of the new Fifty Two. It doesn't interest me; it seems confusing. But I guess in the new Fifty Two, um, they changed it so that it wasn't his wife. That I guess she Nora was like Luke. some woman who had a. Do you know? I I don't know exactly, but I do know that um, it's Greg Capullo who does the art. Okay, and uh, he's like, does he stalk her or like what is so, it? I guess she. Um, was like born in 1943 and got a disease at age 23 and went into cryostasis. Freeze, when he was studying, uh, wrote his doctorate on her, became her like cryotechnician, fell in love with her, and this is all at Wayne Enterprises. And Bruce found out, went to go shut it down. I guess Freeze threw a chair at Bruce, who dodged it, and then the chair cracked a cryo tube, and it, he became Mister Freeze. So. Oh, and apparently mm. when he was a kid, he became obsessed with cold because his mom fell into a frozen lake, but got cold, but didn't die, but it left mm. her in permanent pain. And so he pushed her into another lake later on to kill her. Mm. Oh, I don't, I like this word. I know. Yeah. I mean, that was, that's what I was going to ask you guys. Like, 
Why do you think they did that? Because it really undermines him as a character, makes him less interesting. He just becomes a general weird, creepy psychopath just rather psycho than evil. sympathetic. The best thing about what what this new origin story does is that it makes us examine like how we feel about good people being forced to do bad things. We're not forced to do bad things, but essentially choosing an extreme reaction to something that like PTSD or something that bothers them. And the best thing about Batman, I think and personally why I love Batman so much is that it's how he deals with his trauma. It's like, yeah, he could do, and he usually does it a bunch of other things like, uh, f- help fund the cops or help be a philanthropist and all that kind of stuff. But like is Batmaning around the city essentially super is good for anyone or anything. And eh, maybe not, but like, He's just dealing with it and doing the best to aid others in this versus every other rogues gallery villain just doing another extreme thing, but at the expense of everyone else, you know, and this is the first time that I think like Mr. Freeze is the first kind of person is just like, you see why you see what drove this man to this extreme and it's a super extreme, but it's you see why. Yeah, I mean, it's. Freeze becomes a reflection of Bruce in that same sort of way. It's like something tragic happens in his backstory, extreme reaction to it, just kind of the, the wrong reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know why they changed the origin. It seems like mm-hmm. kind of a kind of a waste. Yeah, well, I think that's what's so interesting. Also, in this episode, when he sees the the video, it's another. I I relate back to Two Face episode. It's another person he didn't save, and it's another Harvey. time he no. saw. Uh, it's another time he saw a man turn into the monster. Yeah. Like there, there are very few times we see that transformation. We've seen it twice now. Mm-hmm. And then there's also like Bruce feeling guilt for not being able to save things. You yeah. Know? Yeah. He, it, like I said, it's another person that he couldn't save. Uh, and also with the end of the episode, you also see Mr. Freeze crying, even though he yeah. mentioned before that, you know, I have no emotion. I cannot cry. Yeah. And I think that was a very powerful moment because it's um, Victor. I'm going to call it. I'm going to, differentiate victor and then mr freeze you have to tell him freeze and freeze and just fries 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 and freeze call him extra large fries victor is still in there similar to when uh uh, harvey was talking to big bad um i still can't remember her name uh his fiance grace god really struggle with that i still don't know why i want to say sarah i don't i don't know um when he's talking to grace like there's that moment where where he's where she's getting through to harvey and not to two-face and we had that same moment at the end of this episode where Victor is talking to the ballerina, to the the snow globe, mm-hmm. and it's not Mister Freeze. We don't see Freeze; we see Victor again. And so this is one of the few characters where they haven't fully transformed. I think that's a very interesting here's, kind of he, dynamic. Here's one thing: um, he's talking to this object that has really nothing to do with his. What was his wife a ballerina? Like, well, it it kind of resembles her. Well, kind of, kind of resembles her, but it's not. Did did what I want to know is it? Did it actually have anything to do with their marriage, or is he just associating this with her just because it looks like her? Is the was this a gift from her? Like, where's the I psychological it, business? In I that? think part of it is he has the line. Um, uh, this is I how remember, I envision. This the, how yeah, I this is how I remember you, you yeah. shrouded in winter forever. And that's, I mean, that's kind of what a snow globe is. It's yeah. just permanent winter. And so I think just the ballerina was like, there's a female figure in the snow globe. That's my wife now. This is how I will always, yeah, let's just love his delivery on stuff. Yeah. Too. And I know we get more information about 
her, I think, as the episodes go on. Cause, mm. I mean, yeah, because we learn that she's not dead later on. Yeah, because it's Spoilers. less. Sorry. It's, we assume she's dead in this. Right. But we learn later on that she's not. I mean, because, yeah, he becomes a, you know, he has a few other just standalone episodes. There's the whole Sub-Zero movie. Mm-hmm. That I got to watch. Yeah. It's oh, it's okay. Unfortunately, it has the uh, the version of Batgirl with a super annoying voice in it. Um, <laughs> but then I, I really love his appearance, too, in the new Batman adventures and again in, in Batman beyond. And mm-hmm. I, what made me think about that is you're talking about how uh, at the end of this episode, he's arguably the most human of all the Batman villains we've seen so far. Yeah. And I think by the time we get to his last appearance in the whole Tim verse in Batman beyond, he's one with like the least humanity left that he, he's not only just a, a tragic figure before we're introduced him, but he continues to be a tragic figure all the way through. Whereas I feel like two face his origins tragic, but then from that point on, he's just another villain. Well, you're you're mentioning a Victor and like his tears and stuff. It's just to a certain point, like his whole thing to go after Boyle is to make him feel the pain that he doesn't have mm-hmm. or the pain, what what it's like because he can't feel anymore. So his whole mission is to make someone else feel the pain or, you know, what have you. He has to see him tortured. He has to see Boyle tortured. Yeah. He has to cool him down. So give him the cold shoulder. Give him the cold oh, shoulder. Oh, God. <laughs> So disappointed in myself. I can't come up with anything good. Oh, and another from a from the art standpoint, this was a, a huge thing for me that I didn't notice until the very end. Paul Dini and Bruce Tim did an amazing job about keeping it a very cool color palette. Uh, so the entire episode, you only see when when it's Batman and Mister Freeze, you only see shades of blue and cooler colors, except for two things: the the deep red of his eyes and the pink dress of the ballerina. Oh, mm. I thought that was really Ellie. cool. Yeah, I and really even about um, that. Boyle has those piercing blue eyes. Yeah, which and I think he's the only character that has colored eyes so far. Oh, uh, he might be. Yeah, or at all. So I thought because that like that distracted me when I first saw him because oh. that's all I could look at was like, why do you have Superman's eyes? Yeah, I did not notice that. That's really mm. cool. Yeah, hmm. uh, and then another less fun. Uh, this was driving me crazy. I have it written in in all caps because it was like driving me crazy i was sitting in my apartment for a good 30 minutes trying to figure out where that sound effect came from of the freeze gun yeah it's like a do you know what it's from no but it's it, it was super rad and i really do want there to was know. a 12 episode series from the ninth started in 1993 called double dragon and no i watched the first two episodes over and over and over again as a kid i only had the first two episodes for some reason and that's the noise that makes when they're transforming no. Yes. No shit. I oh I like screamed in my apartment when I found that connection because I loved that show and it was oh, I was literally driving me crazy trying to figure out what, where I I'd heard it before it from, and so oh, I, I listened nuts. to the uh, the theme song before and it brought back some good memories, guys. Oh god, that's awesome. But yeah, I mean, a fantastic episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, clearly, it's always considered one of the best on a lot oh, of lists. Yeah. It's it's the top episode. I can't say it's personally one of my favorites, but I mean, it's it's hard not to appreciate. This is like what it one does. of my. I, this is when I heard you guys were doing this podcast. I was like, I have to get in on this episode. There's so many episodes that I I feel like I have so much to talk about. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. I, part of the reason why I dig this uh, so much, or uh, Mister Freeze is a villain, is that maybe also Batman. Uh, because I like how this is also pre Robin. Not that I don't like Robin, but uh, the whole pre-Robin, the whole loner thing. As an only child, I super identify with I'm on my mission. I got to do my thing. It's just me. And f- especially for Nora and Freeze, 
I don't know, man. I, I just dig the idea that this guy was awkward and he had a weirdly God. isolated life. Damn it. <laughs> okay. And then, uh, and then Nora's the one that kind of makes him sort of feel like an actual person and makes it feel he, warm inside that he feel warm inside that he like deserves love and all that shit. <laughs> and then, and then, and then he has these four terrible traumas that are basic or three or four traumas that rip him away from finally having that feeling. And so if, I mean, if I was an actor, I'd be like, boom, done. I got my homework. I'm ready to go, you know? But again, like, are you telling me that Arnold Schwarzenegger didn't fully adapt into those four traumatic incidences to, to create his character? <laughs> Maybe, maybe not. I think he did. Yeah. Well, he, I barely even knew it was Arnold. You know, he just disappeared into the role. Disappeared, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, I think that basically wraps it up for the episode. So we're, we're doing a new little segment here at the end oh, uh, where we talk about, like, about something this. cool we found out through, through the week. So uh, cool. a, a book. Something chill. Fuck. Yes. Something cool we found the week. So uh, a, a book, a podcast, a movie. Um, I think we're going to call it Bat Plug. Mm, sounds too close to Bat Plug. That's why. Right. <laughs> I can see Cameron's not excited about that. It might change. But it doesn't always have to be something Batman related. This week, actually, for me, it is Batman related uh, because a while ago I picked up Dark Knight, which is the autobiographical comic from Paul Dini. Okay. About the time that he was mugged on the streets of L.A. and his recovery. So I only kind of just started. I've only got the point where he actually gets mugged. But the beginning of it, at least, is kind of his childhood and how he fell in love with Batman as a character and even little bits and pieces about the making of the series all done in comic form. So it's it's really, really good. I recommend checking it out. Oh, am I going? Um, gosh. It's fine, I... Cameron. You can just pull your bat plug out of your ass and come up with something on the spot. Oh, so. man. This bat plug is is really, really shifting <laughs> on my insides. It's really up in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess, deep, I mean, I, I guess I, I, I uh, plowed through all of Luke Cage this weekend. Uh, Worth watching? I enjoyed it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I still think Jessica Jones is the best so really far. Um, but even Daredevil? Yeah, I like Jessica Jones mm-hmm. more. Uh, and I want to say for people that really enjoyed uh, Luke Cage, and you kind of want more of that world. I highly, highly recommend The Get Down. It's another Netflix original series that was kind of overshadowed because it came out a week after Stranger Things. Oh, poor Get Down. I know, uh, but it's it's set up in the same kind of world. It's 1970s Bronx, whereas this is current day Harlem. And The Get Down is is not about superheroes. It's about uh, the birth of the hip hop movement. Uh, and it's really cool. It's something something that I never thought I'd say about any medium ever. But Jaden Smith is the greatest actor in this show. And I know that that like a lot of that turn off a lot of people. But he like watched the show and he is amazing. Like you you see that he is Will Smith's son in the show. He so knocks do, out of the park. Do you think he uh, upped or reduced his level of bath salt intake on a daily basis to get that kind of performance? Like, well, do you think he was higher than normal or he had come down? Well, so that's the thing with this with his character in the show is he plays like a very he plays the the per, the person we see on Twitter. Okay. He's very like everything he says is just like are, yeah. Are you sure he didn't just wander onto the shoot and they're like, well, people know him. Let's just film him and incorporate. Him. Everyone, See what please, happens. everyone. I've I've been pushing the get down for a while. I really want everyone to go. No, watch I, it. I I will I will go check it out. But you you can't throw out Jaden Smith and not. I know it. I know. It's I I guess it's like I Will's never... like Will's like let them film son. And he's like you just don't understand. It's yeah, like, Luke Cage, Luke Cage, great. 
Yeah. Oh, Luke Cage is good. Okay. Mm-hmm. Get but, Down, awesome. All right, go check out the Get Down. And uh, Johnny, what about you? I have a couple uh, cool things to 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 push here. Uh, first of all, um, I did a lot of my uh, homework uh, listening to the Arkham Sessions, which is a friend of a friend's podcast. Oh. Uh, she's an actual clinical psychologist who basically is, I think, just pulling different episodes as she goes, uh, breaking down psychological analysis of like the Joker and Harley and yada, yada, yada. So she's super, super intuitive. I highly recommend listening to this mm-hmm. uh, podcast. Yeah, I listened well. to the Mr. Freeze one before here. Yeah, yeah. So you're like, oh, sure. Johnny's saying this line out here. No, uh, but there's that. And then there's also um, just at a, at a random non-Batman note. I was at Conan the other day and ZZ Top, I got to see ZZ Top perform. Oh, Ooh. nice. And it was amazing because i uh, i could barely enjoy it because of the the loudness and the joy that was on my face like i was smiling during the whole thing like they came out and they had there was like a, a big hot rod right next to them they had the full-on beards and everything and at the end when conan was saying goodbye to them like there was a, they brought a puppy on stage or like no i don't know if this puppy like pulled out of their yeah, beard. So yeah, they just... yeah i don't know where it came from i mean uh, shit i mean it was like it was the coolest thing it's like a puppy zizi top and a hot rod I'm just like, this is everything. I, I full on wanted them to do like the guitar spin thing and then launch into the Back to the Future. Uh, yeah. Oh, dude, it would have been so rad. That's <sighs> awesome. I mean, any excuse to listen to ZZ Top. I, I yeah. generally hate country music, but ZZ Top is an exception. I think they're like, it's kind of them country. I think they're like, they're kind of, they're like kind of. I think it's like they listen to it in the country, like in the, in the yeah. middle America, but like it's also just fucking rock and roll, man. Yeah. No, they're, they're awesome. I mean, so sharp dress, man. It's like the motto I live by. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that just about wraps it up. Uh, so thank you to Trevor Reese, who's down here as our audio engineer. He has an awesome mm-hmm. podcast called The Podcast of Two Worlds, all about The Flash. And now that The Flash is back on TV, it's even better. Yay! Yeah. Whee! So go uh, go give that a listen. We're down here at the podcast booth at the Nerdist School. It's where we record every week. So check out NerdistSchool.com. And uh, Johnny, where can we find you? You can find me a lot of places that I wrote down and will read to you. <laughs> um, uh, one, I'm on Instagram a lot. Um, so I'm there as Paisano Guy, P as in Paul, I-S-A-N-O-G-U-Y, Paisano Guy. Uh, we also have a no-show podcast on Instagram, at No Show Podcast. We ask also that you check out our Facebook as well. And uh, I'm re-kicking, I'm kick, re-kicking up. I'm kicking back up my Paisano pictures, um, something I started back in 2009 uh which is basically just quirky little quick videos of superhero stuff i've got a daredevil one on the way i just did a jim gordon one but yeah check him check him out cool wow 2009 i mean that's uh cameron was still in high school right oh yeah dude i like, was actually <laughs> <laughs> and uh cameron work about it where can we find you uh you can find me everywhere at cameron dexter and i am at lordifer on everything and the podcast itself we're at Tim Talk Pod on Twitter and Instagram at TimTalkPod at gmail.com. We have a Facebook page, so go check it out. And I think that does it. Johnny, thank you so much for being here today with us to talk about Heart of Ice. You're so welcome, first of all. And thank you so much for having me. I really, really hope that I can come on for other ones because this show means a lot to me. Well, we have a lot of episodes, so we <laughs> always want more guests. What, 14 down and... A shitload to go. There yeah. you go. All right. So uh, next week, Cat in the Claw, parts one and two. Yeah. All right. Another, another two-parter. Yeah. Be exciting. So thanks, everyone, for taking a listen. Me, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, keep it cool. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs>